I said I always remember the wood grain beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I needed, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes I think I'm good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Shot Callers, brought to you by the 48 Minutes Network. Um, I am your gracious host this evening, Ben Brown. And alongside me is my brother from another mother, Joshua Odellis Ferellis Hayes. What's going on, my brother? Yes, sir. What's going on with you? Oh, man, I'm uh, just glad to be back in here. You know, Sunday night, mm-hmm. shot callers, you and I talking up a little basketball banner. No doubt, man. Well, um, it's going to be a good time. Noticed that, uh, I don't know everybody knows this, man. You just celebrated a birthday yesterday. I did. I did. Yeah, how was that? Um, it was fun, man. We spent a lot of time with the, you know, with the kids. We went down and did the pumpkin patch thing. You know what I mean? Uh, there's always shout out to Orchard Valley. Uh, that's where we go and get our pumpkins and we do our, um, you know, we get our apple fritters, man. Them apple fritters be smacking, boy. And then we get our uh, little cider game going. So it's all good, man. We, we had a blast, and then we went down to, uh, if you're in the Cincinnati area, hopefully you got a check, chance to check out Blink, um, the light and art display, man. It was really, really cool. You know, the kids had a great time. Um, it was a blast, man. We had a lot of fun. We had a, we had a ton of fun. Yeah, and I can tell you what, even if you didn't go, if you're driving through the city, like you can see it lit up like a Christmas tree from the expressway. It looks pretty legit. Yeah, man. It, it's, it's legit, and they did an amazing job of uh, all the structures, you know, have lights and displays. Um, all the buildings are lit up. Uh, there's an Ascension building in Covington that was lit up. Um, the Roebling Suspension Bridge, which is the trademark of Cincinnati, um, it had lights on it. So uh, it was a beautiful thing, man. We had a, It was really cool to see the city lit up like that. So a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, so, But, yeah, so here we are. It's uh, our, our week two. Well, we're still in the preseason. Um, I got producer Tim here to my left, who will be uh, giving us some um, information and questions about what's going on here in the NBA this week. So, producer Tim, what is question number one? All right, gentlemen, topic number one today. Taco Fall is officially going to be a full member of the Boston Celtics. After signing an Exhibit 10 deal earlier in the year, the Celtics have promoted former DePaul rookie Max Struess to a two-year NBA deal given Taco Fall a two-way contract. So, obviously, with the two-way, the expectation is he'll split time between the main Red Claws and the Celtics, which means the Celtics really believe in the upside of Taco Fall. So, gentlemen, is Taco Mania running wild? Um, I think it is. Um, we were talking earlier before the show. Taco is 7'6", and he's, what, 265, 285 pounds, something like that. That's a big dude. You can't teach that kind of height. And he's played Division One basketball, so you can tell that he's you know got basketball skill. It's not like he's just a big dude out there just rumbling and bumbling. Um, he's got some skill and ability. Um, you know they they were on the big stage in the NCAA tournament last year, uh, and and now I think Boston you know I think Boston has the opportunity to do some really cool things with him defensively. He could kind of be an anchor. Um, and at seven six, man, that you know, it ain't like the age of the big men that we grew up in, Josh. You know, with the uh, Patrick Ewings, Elijahwan, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, it's not like the age of that. It's very rare that you have 
a a guy that's that big with that has some kind of basketball skill. I mean, you've got Boban who's out there um, that can match him, but I mean, I think Taco's a little bit. I mean, I think Taco with the work will be a little bit more skilled than he is. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Taco is a well worth project. Um, I think he has to. I think it's forty five days he has to split uh, on the main roster and the and the. Uh, is it the main claws? I think is what it is. Yeah, the red, the, the main, red claws, main red claws. Yeah, so um, I think it's it's worth the risk. Um, it's very little risk for what the reward could be for Boston. Um, you could have a center. Now I'm not saying he's going to be a dynasty setter, but he could be somebody that anchors your defense. Um, he, be, he can be a guy that's going to give you uh, quality minutes, quality points um, in the paint. Um, which is very rare. Like I said, there's not too many guys that are seven six um, that have skill, and I think that if Boston uh, commits to him and they do it like they have with the contract, I think that he could be could set up for a long, long career and do some things that are well. So I'm all in on Taco Mania, Boston. You've done an amazing job once again with your talent scouting and and, and plucking him from the second round, I believe. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do. What, what's your thoughts, my man? Well, first off, if you think of, of all the the super large big men that played in the NBA over time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking the uh, Shaq's, you know, Shaq was, what, 7'2", yeah. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Very mobile. But then when you start getting up above that height, above um, you know, you start having some concerns with guys like Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. You know, first one that comes to mind, Yao Ming was what seven five, yeah, which seven, I five, believe seven. is the same height as Taco. Um, he had tons of foot problems yeah. uh, when he played, and then you had Manute Bowl. You know, is is really the guy I'm, I'm comparing Taco Fall to. You know, mm-hmm. Manute Bowl is what seven seven. Yeah, he was yeah, um, seven, seven. and probably about the size of a needle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if yeah, he weighed he was, over, two, he was he was slightly built. Slightly if he weighed built. over two hundred pounds, I'd have been shocked, uh, soaking wet. But um, man, I tell you, when I watched the tournament game last year when they played Duke, mm-hmm. his size alone was an issue for guys to get around. And you know, UCF they played some man defense, and and he was able to come over and help and um. The one thing that that I will give him a chance with, and, you know, this has been for a couple years now, you know, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, uh, they have been fantastic at finding talent in the draft um, and getting guys to come over to the Celtics. So you look at the roster that they had built, and, you know, I know there was uh, some expectation letdowns last year with that roster that they had. But look at the season before when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. and took ball, uh, Cleveland to seven games. Mm-hmm. and with, with a lot of guys hurt. With a lot of I guys mean, hurt. I, and Kyrie didn't play. We talked know, about Hayward, Hayward and hurt. Kyrie if they're playing in that game. You know, we're, we're maybe watching the Celtics and the Warriors in the Finals versus mm-hmm. Cleveland. So, I'm sure they have some guys inside of their organization that are going to be able to work with him and get him ready to go. And I think that, you know – having the two-way contract where he can get some game time down in the G League and then they can bring him up and also see how he's developing and things like that is going to be a good thing. So I'm in as well. Definitely think that it's at least a shot yeah. to, to work. Like you said, 
can't teach seven five seven six. No, um, that comes every once in a blue moon, and uh, I would definitely make sure that that was something that I had on my roster to try to see if it was a diamond in the rough. Yeah, you you make a great point. Boston does an amazing job of scouting. Um, they've they've built their team from the ground up of of finding guys in the draft, uh, like your Tatum's and your Browns. Um, they've done a great job of finding guys that um, fit what they do. So if you fit what Boston does and what Danny Ainge and, and uh, Brad Stevens want to do with that team, uh, he's they've done an amazing job of finding guys like that. So when you see them buy into a guy like Taco Fall, um, it, it's it's something where they you can see that good guys have belief in him and they think that he's going to do an amazing job. So... Uh, I'm all for it. I think Boston's scouting department is wonderful. They they know what they're doing. Um, and if they believe in Taco, then I believe in Taco. And it's going to be Taco Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever the Boston Celtics play. It's going to be Taco Day. I, I am all in. Taco on Day all Taco. day, every day. We are now, all in on Taco. The one thing I really hope that they can do while they got him is fix that darn jump shot and free throw because <laughs> it, it might be the worst I've ever seen. It's broke like Barkley's golf swing. <laughs> that thing is trash. Yeah, Todd, yeah, he's got some work to do, man. No, no doubt. Um, but see, that's that's another thing where you'd like to see them, you know, bring somebody in and have him work with him on that because I, I think that if he can even stretch the floor to 15 feet, that makes him even more effective. It's kind of like that Yao Ming where. Yao Ming's jumper was just so feathery soft. Um, he had post moves. He had things he could do on top of the fact that he was 7'5", seven, 7'6". Seven, so um, I think he's worth the risk. I think he's worth the um, taking that risk and being able to um, have him in a two-way. And, and truth be told, I mean, for what he's making, he's not really costing them a whole lot of money. So uh, Taco Mania, I'm in. I love it. Um, and it, it should be a great thing. And producer Tim just brought in what a looks like banana peppers, pepperonis, and sausage for the Cincinnati folk. Oh, oh yeah, this is uh, what we know in La Rosa's business as the Buddy Deluxe, Ooh. which you're open to some too, by the Ooh, way. In there. Little Buddy Deluxe, little Buddy Deluxe. Yep. There you go, shout I, out uh, roses. Yeah, for the people who, roses. Yeah, for the people who don't live here in the area, uh, La Rosa is a Cincinnati area pizza pot spot that uh, has been satisfying our lives as oh. far as. Forever? For as long as I can remember, absolutely. Yeah. Is that your way of saying it's time for topic two? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, and before before we go there, because I, I, I now like to joke around and just keep making fun of it. Um, as bad as Taco Paul's jump shot is, it is better than Markel Fultz. Whoa. Ooh. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh. True. Okay. Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, let's go. Uh, right. Producer Tim, can we get topic number two, please, sir? Yes, sir. All right, topic number two. So as we know, we've been touching vice on these NBA shows the past week, couple weeks. The NBA in China were at a standstill after a Daryl Morey tweet. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers and Nets went to China, and we we went through the whole week wondering if there was going to be any basketball played. They not only played two games, Benny. There was no media availability. Yeah. Those guys were basically locked in their hotels. Mm-hmm. So they did play, but it didn't come out the way the yeah. NBA had hoped for. So 
now that we're in the next chapter of the NBA versus China debate, where you, where's, where are you guys with this? Um, honestly, man, I, I would really hope that they would get it resolved. Um, because even with the dangers, I mean, you got to think about this. The people of China literally risk their lives being fans of the NBA since this tweet. You know what I mean? Like, like Chinese, the, you know, their government is fairly strict on, uh, you're either with them or against them. You know what I mean? So, uh, so for those guys to be able to um, coincide and work together, I think it's important for not only for the people of China, but also for the NBA, man. I think that uh, those guys are role models to those kids. I think that um, the league does great things when they have the ability to. Um, I, I think that it's just a really odd situation. Uh, and it puts the NBA players kind of in a bad spot because, you know, they want to be able to, you know, be available to the Chinese media. Um, some of them, of course, you know, they sell products in China. I mean, you know, truth be, you know, they, they have products there. They they have endorsement deals there. Um, so for them, I mean, it puts them in a bad spot as well. So, you know, you're looking at the whole picture of NBA-China relations. Um, I, I just think that there has to be some kind of resolve to it. Um, and I don't know how that comes about. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, but that relationship needs to be mended. Um, not only for the NBA and NBA players, but for, um, for China. I mean, I, I think it's a great two-way avenue uh, for both aspects. So hopefully they get it resolved. I, I was happy to see they got the, the Nets and the Lakers got the play. I was very happy that game went, went down. Are but, you really? Because... Um, there was some tragedy that came out of those games being played with Anthony Davis, which we oh, and Kyrie, oh man, and Kyrie. Yeah, uh, yeah, there was. I, I don't, I don't even know what to think about Anthony Davis, man. We, we <laughs> like we sent that. We were texting each other, man, and I just feel like I don't like. Is he just like tender? Like he just—it always seems like there's some kind of. Injury. He's like an off-brand of bounty that can't wipe up a spill. Yeah, it's like, like, like it's every like time he's, you touch him, there's something wrong. I mean, a sprained thumb. Like now, there's a sprained thumb that could keep this team, keep him off the floor for three weeks, maybe longer. Maybe longer if he has to have surgery. No, I, 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 no. I, yeah, I would hope that he's back for the season. I, I would hope a he'll sprain, be fine. Yeah, I, I would hope a sprained thumb would be. I just leave me alone until real games start. Yeah. The Anthony Davis know. injuries, yeah, there are a lot, but it's never like he misses 15, Mo- 20 games. Right. He misses like two. Right. So, like, when he hurt his shoulder last year, everybody said, oh, my gosh, he dislocated his shoulder. Uh, and he played like two games later. Like, it really wasn't anything super serious. So, the Kyrie thing, I was really surprised to see him play anyway because he went in with a facial fracture. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why they would even risk even play- – now, granted – I know why he played because, of course, it's a game in China. It's an expo- uh, expo- exhibition game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and the people paid money to see him, and I get that, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I was really shocked to see him play, knowing that he already is going into the game with a facial fracture. So. I paid money to see the Chicago Bulls on Friday, and they didn't play their starters. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> hey, Ben, I want to add on. Uh, to what you were just talking about, because 
last week we talked about the team that was tied into China the most. Mm-hmm. You know, having Yao Ming as the NBA ambassador was the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was following some stuff over the weekend and I saw, you know, one of the things was, was what I saw that was reported was by uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times that said the Rockets could potentially lose up to $25 million in sponsorships, boycotts, due to the tweet alone. Yeah. So that's like the first downfall. And then um, then you got to start getting into what and, and how the, the NBA is attached to China. Um, you have Dwayne Wade. I'm going to start with him. I know he's retired. I know he's not playing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dwayne Wade was wearing uh, Li Ning, right? That was the shoe that, that was his sponsor? Correct. I mean, you guys um, are the shoe heads. I don't... They cut ties with um, and suspended business with the NBA players. Yeah. And then you have um, the other brand that sponsors Clay Thompson, right? Which is... Uh, Anta. Anta. Also sponsors Rondo. Uh, and also, yes. And Gordon Hayward. Um, suspended contract renewal talks with the NBA. So, there's also a chance that going into not this upcoming season, but the season after, that they're going to have to lower the salary cap due to the situation of what's going on with all the lost revenue. Yeah. So, this thing could potentially be a huge hit for the NBA alone. And I like the fact that the NBA took the stance of saying that, hey, we are going to back Maury and his freedom of free speech, but now they're having to, um, you know, they're going to have to go with the repercussions of what's going to happen on the backside of this. Yeah, like I, my thing though is that, I, and I and I do I, I understand why Silver backed it because I mean if you start, if you start, you know, monitoring tweets and 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 you know freedom of speech and all that stuff. I mean that you're you're working on some really. Um, crazy avenues of, of, of people and trying to stop what they do. But uh, for the sake of the NBA, do you think that they should have handled it a little bit differently? I mean, because right now you're looking at losing all kinds of revenue. It could affect your revenue with China. Like you said, it could affect the salary caps. It affects players. It affects NBA relations. It, it almost kind of gives a little bit of a black eye to the NBA. I mean, you think Adam Silver should have addressed it a little bit differently as far as like, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying that he had to condone Maury, but maybe say, you know, have some kind of different, I guess, viewpoint of it. I think there should have been a heavy fine uh, and some type of public apology. Mm-hmm. And then there should have been some type of, uh, how do I want to put this? There should have been some type of process or steps that he would have had to take to make sure that moving forward, things like that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So whether it had been, you know, something similar to like an anger management class or like he had to take some type of, you know, conditioning on, you know, how to properly use Twitter or mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it may right. be, whatever the cause is. Uh, and I, I'm still shocked that none of that has happened yet. Yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked about that too. That that um, there haven't been any repercussions because I mean this is really kind of snowballed into something much much greater. Um, but I, I don't know. Like then you come into the fact of of finding somebody for 
a tweet when it's just freedom of speech. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and now granted, NBA players can't just go out and tweet whatever they want. I mean, if, if tell that to Kevin Durant, right? You know what I mean? Now he'll go after fans and stuff like that, but I love it. Yeah, I do too. I I love that he he doesn't let trolls win. I love it. You even like when he goes from his burner account? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh for sure, no doubt. Without. Especially the burner account, no doubt about it. Um, That's my Kevin Durant goal this year. Just keep tweeting. Yeah, just keep tweeting. Yep. I mean, you're you're not playing. Just tweet. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, tweet away. Tweet from the bench. Tweet from the That's bench. Fine. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, you can't. I don't know. If we talked about fines and suspensions and stuff like that, but the guy was really just. I mean, he was speaking his mind, but you almost kind of have to watch what you say, especially when something is that delicate. I guess I don't know. Um, it's it's just the odd spot for the NBA to be in, and and hopefully they get it resolved because China is a huge market for the NBA. Like you said before, Yao Ming was hurt, um, and, and still led the NBA in All Star. I votes. think he might have I mean, had like the most votes ever in the history right. of the All Star game. I mean, because it's playing. right, and Him he and wasn't Graham. playing. And I mean, and you know, so there's a lot of relations there, uh, and the NBA does a great job in other countries as well as reaching out and and, and doing other things, but. Uh, I, I really hope that they get it figured out uh, just for the sake of NBA and Chinese relations. When we talk about how global the NBA game is, I don't think people realize that we have an Americanized league mm-hmm. that we consider the top basketball league in the world mm-hmm. and how many different countries are represented that play in an American league. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when people think global sport, they think soccer. Right. Uh, you know, and there's all these different leagues around the world. Mm-hmm. And everybody plays and you got the World Cup. And But, like, when you look at, like, the guys that are coming over and dominating the NBA, along with the American players that are dominating the NBA, like, it's a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely. And I remember very distinctly, take me all the way back to the summer of 1992, <laughs> when they allowed us to take our NBA players over to the Olympics and like what a train wreck it was Good for the team. other countries because they could not hold a candle. That just shows you how far basketballs came globally to mm-hmm. catch up with what we do. I mean, where's the reigning NBA uh, NBA MVP from? Greece. Exactly. Um, you know, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a global brand. Um, and, and there's a lot riding on the global brand of the NBA, um, especially with the reach that it has across uh, the entire world. So hopefully they get that resolved. Uh, I'm I'm um, I'm looking forward to them hopefully being able to sit down and, and get discussions and things wiped. You know, some of the so. stuff to me is is I, I'm a savage guy. I like savagery, mm-hmm. like. China's straight savage with this stuff right oh, now. Yeah. Like them, they went, they went in like after everything was all said and done, and went and like had some people go in and like scrape all the sponsors and stuff off oh, the floor. Yeah. Like they're like, we are not playing. Like we're not gonna televise the game, yeah. you know. Hey, it, and and like I said, we we just kind of stood there and was like, okay. And I and I really truly think with China, like yeah, I could see where the tweet came off and how it rubbed everybody the wrong way. Had Houston have said, listen, we definitely understand his freedom of speech. That doesn't portray the Houston Rockets as an organization. But they still went in and said, hey, look, we know that you were doing this on your own time. But, like, 
you as an icon represent the Houston Rockets. You're the GM, so you're on the job 24-7, especially when you're on social media. Like, we're going to have to fine you. We're going to have to do some type of discipline. Mm-hmm. And I still would have been okay with Adam Silver's response had all that other stuff taken place. Right. I don't think this would even be an issue right now. I think that you 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 apologize for what happened. You allow the freedom of speech. Don't um, apply it or say that it's affiliated with the league or the NBA or the Rockets and then still say, okay, we're going to fine you X amount or a disclosed amount or we're going to do this or we're going to suspend you or you're going to lose, a, you know, whatever, a draft, something to let them know like, hey, they mean business. Like even mm-hmm. though they say they support his freedom of speech because they do live in the United States, they're still taking a stance by saying like, we don't tolerate this with any partnership with the NBA. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's that's a uh, those are definitely good points. I hopefully get that squared away. Man, you just gonna go scrape the sponsors off the floor? I'm Straight like, up, dude. China, <laughs> hey, China don't play, and they've shown. I mean, in China, they've shown. I mean, even with other businesses and entities, that you you need them way more than you know. We need them more than way more than they need us. So. Yeah, and Adam Silver basically said, you guys need us more than we need you. Right, and that ain't the, the case. Is, <laughs> the last thing I need is not to be able to get the new Android. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shoot, the iPhone 11s, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shoot, we need to come correct. You can't right. come in the studio and use the term Android, Josh. That's a, that's <laughs> jo- a fine. Josh is an iPhone guy. I'm an iPhone I know, guy. I know. I got I, that 11 Pro I get that Max text from you. I see that blue. Yep. And I just got I, my, I just got my son the 11 too. So. Side Man. note. The camera on the 11 Pro Max is insane. I know we took his phone and took all our pictures. My lord! I was like, <laughs> I was like, you got to give us your phone so we can take pictures with it. So yeah, he was nicely done. Yeah, he he didn't get have privileges to take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> give me that phone. <laughs> uh, producer Tim, on to topic number three. All right, gentlemen. So topic number three, as you know, as NBA fans, we have been starving to see on the court hoops. Mm-hmm. We went through a free agent where everyone went everywhere. Wow. We had a draft that had the most coveted prospects since LeBron James in it. Mm-hmm. And now we are seeing these guys take the floor finally and playing a little exhibition games that we call preseason. Yes, loud. So we have seen in this preseason, we have seen Anthony Davis and LeBron James combine finally, see what it looks like. We have seen Markel Fultz show that he can potentially be a very good NBA player still. Mm-hmm. We have seen Ben Simmons hit a three. And we have seen Zion Williamson dominate the, every game he's played in so far. So, gentlemen, the question I have here now is, do we care way too much about preseason basketball? Is this just excitement, or does it matter? I've been waiting for this question for I a know. week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let ahead, me give Joshua. you the components of the NBA. There's really like five components. You have preseason, Right. You have the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You have the all-star break. You come out of the break, and then you have the playoffs. That was four. No, what did I say, five? Yeah. <laughs> that was only four components. No. Preseason. You said, you said five components. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, all-star break. Out of the all-star break. Playoffs. Oh, you five. didn't. You didn't have out of the all-star. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. You skipped. So, you, skipped you went straight to the playoffs. You, you skipped component. My I was bad. like, the, do you mean the, the finals? The out of the the out of the all-star break. Gotcha. Um, oh. Season finale. Yeah. So. Gotcha. I know y'all remember the interview with Allen Iverson. Yes. Practice. 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 <laughs> talking about practice, man. What is the preseason? It's practice. 
You know, these guys aren't going in and playing 30, 35, 40 minutes a game. Some of them are playing 20. Some are playing 15. Some games they're not even playing. Uh, what, what's the preseason schedule? they got four games? Something like games. that. Yeah, five, I think. Five or six. Um, four or five. I don't understand what the hype is about the preseason. I mean, teams are, you know, you got players that are trying to make rosters. Um, you got guys that are, you know, trying to even secure contracts with the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't figure out why everybody sees the preseason. They start jumping up and down like we're watching the NBA Finals. Because <laughs> the five facets that I talked about, the beginning of the season, I really think is fantastic. Because you got teams that come out, they're trying to find their way. You got new guys on new rosters. You got teams trying to work together. So there's a little bit of a kink in the armor. So you got some teams that jump out really strong that's been together for a while. You got teams that are working out that it takes them a little while. Um, I remember, was it the Rockets last year that they started off like super? I mean, they were trash in the beginning of the season, and then like they got on like a serious run. And I know they had some injuries and stuff like that, and. Suspensions. The Oklahoma City mm-hmm. project, um, you know, two years ago with Mello and, and George, but then you look at them last year and uh, you got that. And then you had, remember the integration with Kevin Durant in Oklahoma or uh, in Golden State, and you had LeBron with his first year with the Lakers. And even though the Lakers were playing well, like they struggled because you're still trying to find the pieces. So the first part of the, of the season, I feel like teams are trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. And then you have the all-star break and the all-star breaks all for fun. And, you know, everybody's getting arrested and then you get the run. And that's that part after the all-star break. And that's actually, to me, the most exciting part of the season, Mm -hmm. because I think once you get to the playoffs, you already know uh, what all the teams are made of and what they can do. Mm -hmm. So that last 20 to 30 game stretch is where teams are fighting for their lives and they're like, okay, we're trying to get in. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. And I really don't think that the preseason has as much weight as a lot of other people expects it to. So like, you know, you're watching Zion right now, go 39 for 40 from the field. Um, (laughs) You know, feels like it. Seriously. He was 22 and 10 tonight, by the way. And you know, there's dunks and he hit a three. And then you're talking about, uh, ben Simmons hitting a three when they're up 25 against a team that they're never going to see play again. Excuse me, it was 40. <laughs> it was 40. And he was 0 for 19 previously. So, I'll be the first one to tell you, I like to watch the preseason to kind of see the guys get their feet wet, uh, try to see them get their legs underneath them. But I will tell you, as much as I love the NBA, like I really, 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 like I cannot wait until that stretch after the All-Star break to start watching these teams fight mm-hmm. for those playoff spots and figure out how the seeding is going to be going into the playoffs. Because we both, or all three of us know, that when the playoffs start, that's a whole different season in the regular playoffs? season. Playoffs? We're talking playoffs? playoffs? You look at a guy like the reigning MVP, Giannis, I mean, teams found out how to defend him in the playoffs. And yeah, he was getting his points, but like, when it comes down to crunch time, like he couldn't get a bucket, like he couldn't hit an outside shot, and they knew that if they pushed him out, mm-hmm. that and they could keep him out, that they were going to have a good shot of winning the series. And I think that um, 
you learn all that during the season itself. Like you don't learn that in the preseason. Ain't nobody playing defense. It's the preseason, man. I, mm-hmm. It's the preseason. I understand. Pre- that. I, I understand before that before the season. Starts. I understand that. But you, I think some of those guys are trying to prove a point. Yeah, I really do. What was the first thing when we saw Zion, and and we were like, oh my god, he looks huge. He's so out of shape. He's fat, and then he got hurt. And then we're like, oh my gosh, he, what is he going to do? And then he came back in the preseason after that summer league debacle. I mean, he's just flying around like good old Zion. I mean, he's catching half-court alley-oops from Zoe. I mean, it's beautiful. A three-quarter one tonight. A three-quarter one tonight. Disclaimer, which I think Lonzo could could maybe lead the league in assists this year. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I'm, I'm telling you. I think but Favors is super underrated on that team. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that division tonight. Yeah. But. but it's but it, I, I think it's beautiful. I love it. You're, you're you're watching all these guys get their you know Steph Curry goes for forty in a preseason game in twenty five minutes. Yep. Twenty five <laughs> minutes. You tell me he's not trying to prove a point. He's trying to hey y'all hey y'all think we ain't gonna make the playoffs? Who had the audacity last week tell me Jay Williams? Jay Williams said we don't think we gonna make the playoffs. Well, all right, well here you go. I'm gonna show you forty in twenty five minutes and show you what I can do. I think the Lakers that night at the Chase Center wanted to prove a point. Yeah, there absolutely. I think they did. Absolutely. So, I, I granted, it's preseason. I get it. I get it. But to see these guys turn it on like that, you can't. I just feel like that everybody at one point in the preseason is trying to prove a point. I think Zion. I think when Ben Simmons hit that three. I think you know when you're seeing Markel Fultz play as hard. That guy's playing for his life. I mean, everybody's written him off. He's so he, fast. Yes, he is playing for his life because everybody's written him off. So that guy is playing as hard as he can. And I know it's preseason, but these guys have a point to prove. Some of these guys have a point to prove. Um, you guys, you know, people were ragging on Zion, like we said, about him being chunky in that summer league. And he has come out and been like, look. Dikembe Mugumbo was yeah. the name used. Oh, that's crazy. Mugumbo. Yes. <laughs> they called him Mugumbo. <laughs> they had some good ones oh, there, man. Nikola Jokic got some, too. Yeah. He is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he looks hefty, too. Have you seen pictures? No. Oh, oh man. Yeah. When I watched the game the other night, he didn't play. Nuggets yeah. Media Day, he is. He was he, looked, he was swollen. He got that money, he's swollen. Yeah. He's living it up. He looked like when he was in Serbia for I the WBC, Serbia. he was eating his he I, was eating. I drink vodka, Serbia. Party. <laughs> is that Ivan Drago or I don't Nikola? know. But <laughs> he was he was Serbia. that was my Serbian accent. He was partying it up in the off season, so obviously Ben has talked to many Serbians. Yeah, I I, I talk Serbians all the time, you yeah. know what I mean? So I will say that I understand where Josh is coming from. Oh I my do. god, my people! And um, I'm getting text messages out the wazoo. Say, man, Don't have a MacBook and an iPhone. I it's say, just you're not a popular a, guy. Yeah, so I understand where you're coming from, Josh. I do get the idea of like guys aren't playing as long, so other guys are going to get reps. For example, like I said Friday night, my buddies and I drove up to Indianapolis to see the Bulls play, mm-hmm. and Kobe White and Daniel Gafford played the whole game. You should have known better. I mean, but that's what you. Yeah, I went to see Kobe White. Yeah, he so, wanted to see, yeah. Like, but yeah, I didn't expect that I was going to see Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. But at that same point, I, I, I kind of see both ends because to me, like I said, when the Lakers went to Golden State for that first game, I knew for a fact LeBron and AD wanted to prove a point. Absolutely. LeBron's lost to the Warriors in the finals three times. Yep. Anthony Davis was swept by the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs with New Orleans. So you want to open up your arena on us? Okay. Exactly. Well, we will show you. Is it really open, though, if it's preseason? Yeah, it's people, oh, yeah. Were people in attendance buying tickets? People paid money. 
Uh, people people buying popcorn. People Let's buying see beer? what happens in the regular oh, season. Oh, no, I agree. I with agree. You. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that part. But I do think that people try to prove a point in the preseason, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, when Porzingis hit that one legged jump shot down in the post, he's like, look, baby. James Harden is trying one legged three point shots. I'm back, baby. Porzingis is for real out here looking like hey, dude. The unicorn, I'm telling you, the unicorn yeah, is back, brother. Yeah. I'm telling you. Him and Doncic are going to be something which fun to watch. Gives me which gives so much hope for when Kevin Durant comes back in 2021. Yes, it does. So much hope. Yes, it does. Yes. So, um, I do agree with you. Preseason is just practice. I do. But I do believe that the, some of those guys come out to make a statement. Some of those guys are actually, especially the younger teams and teams that are, I mean, all these teams usually get new guys to them. So, I think some of those guys are really trying to get a feel for one another. Um, I think they're trying to get, you know, that, that kind of, uh, like Lonzo and and um zion you can definitely tell they're trying to work out okay where are you going to be on the floor how do you like the ball like you can see those things work out together and i think that that's why the preseason to me is so cool and so important because i think those guys are really trying to can't wait to talk about lonzo but i'm gonna switch real quick and talk about uh the nfl and you know how they keep having the debate on should there be four preseason games or two preseason games. Right. Or they want to add games to the season. I'm an NFL fan. Mm-hmm. I watch during the preseason literally the first quarter of preseason game number three, mm-hmm. and that is all I watch. Yeah. You want to know why? That's the only time. By the way, they, you should have told me I could have put the Steelers game on. That's the only time that the starters <laughs> are in the game. Right. And they play more than a series or a down or – and it gives us the opportunity to see kind of how that team is going to look coming into the season. I could mm-hmm. care less about the other three and a half preseason games. <laughs> so my counter to that is I think it's a little different because in the NFL there's so many more risks for injury. Yeah. No, you're right. But my but, point my point is is that you got ten to fifteen minutes of a game where sure. Your starters are out there mm-hmm. working together. And you, you work on that stuff every day at practice. Yeah. Every day at practice. Uh, preseason is a glorified practice where you get the scrimmage against another team. That, that's how I look at it. Now, I do feel like once the season starts, and I feel like everybody knows, like, hey, it's opening night in the NBA. Lights are up. Mm-hmm. You know, TV's on. Um, you know, TNT, you got... Charles and Shaq and Ernie mm-hmm. and Kenny Jet and Absolutely. you know you got guys sitting on the uh, on the sidelines and they're reporting and you got Reggie Miller out there and everybody's talking like it's a whole different ball game and I think that those guys definitely turn it up a notch when that when it when the when the lights come on at opening night. Oh yeah, so no question, no question. But I do think that I do think that it's kind of both points. I think that some of it is just preseason, but I also think that. Preseason is important to a lot of those guys because they're trying to make a statement. So not I, I I know it's just practice, but I think some of those guys really are trying to get a feel and show, you know they they want to get they want to get their feet wet, man. They, you know they're trying to they're trying to get it going. They're trying to get their you know get their feel and their confidence and and um you know I think the preseason I think the preseason is good for that. I mean you don't put. All your eggs in the preseason basket. You want to show that. the whole playbook. Yeah, but I, I do like seeing... There's a playbook in the NBA? Yeah, man. It's called pick and roll. Pick and roll. Ball screen. Pick and pop. Clear out. <laughs> yes. Clear out. Yeah, if you're the Bucks, Scotty! If you're the Bucks, it's four out, one in. <laughs> right. Or you run around the court like a maniac like right. Steph Curry. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I love that like 
It's so funny you said that because like when like LeBron did that thing where he's impersonating Kobe with Team USA, and he oh, was yeah. like putting the try with the try <laughs> yeah. up. That means ISO, baby. That's ISO. <laughs> awesome. So Love yeah. It. So uh, producer Tim, are we on topic four? Are we doing? Are we doing the? It's Southwest division pre- division preview, preview time. Here we go, baby. So as Can't you know, to talk about them Pelicans. The forty-eight Pelis. minutes team of Sean and I have been doing the Eastern Conference, and we just wrapped that up with the Atlantic Division, which every team was worth talking about in the Atlantic Division, even yeah. the Knicks, even yeah. the Knicks, absolutely. So this Julius division, Randall, baby, yes sir. This division, I kind of feel like is the same way in a sense in the Southwest. Hold on, just before you start, what about your boy Morris with the freaking elbow? Like, no, he's he such a fake him. tough guy. He hit him in the oh, head he with the basketball. Yeah, he hit him in the head with the basketball. Like, yeah. like what the heck, man? Like, yeah, he said he was trying. Apparently, there ain't said, gonna be. They ain't gonna push my Knicks around. Yeah, like, dude, you're the Knicks. All right, tough guy. Right. All right, my bad. Such a fake tough. My guy. bad, producer Tim. You're good. just like the Lakers. You're the second best team in New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Just yeah, it's fine. It. All right, guys. So the Southwest Division here, we have a lot of teams to talk about. Um, and I want to start, let's let's start with the team everyone's most excited about in the NBA, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. They are the number one league pass team. There's no doubt about it. Oh, without question. They draft when they brought in not just Zion Williamson, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes, represents Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They sign J.J. Redick. They trade and get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and uh, Josh Hart, and they also add Derek Favors to this team. So, guys... They already had a very established player by the name of Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a decent core on the bench. Uh, and just added to that by bringing in guys like Hart, like we said earlier. So, when we look at this team, I know they're the team that has the biggest debate right now. Will they or will they not make the playoffs? When you guys look at the Pelicans, what do you see? Um, I see a young team. Um, I see a team that's got some guys that need to prove themselves. I believe that, uh, you know, Lonzo's a guy. Um, I think that's trying to prove everybody wrong. Um, you know, they they talked about his jump shot. You know, he had the triple B failure. He had all these things going on. So now you're putting him with a team that's got some veterans on it. Um, your holidays, your Reddicks. Where's his dad? Um, uh, I think he's more with Lamelo right now in Australia. Yeah. Lamelo's the money. Okay, then you know Lamelo's the Lamelo's the he's the money cow right now. Yeah. Hey, hey if Dad's not around, I'm telling you right now. Lonzo is going to ball out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think that's the best thing that's happened to him to be traded in New Orleans uh, and have his dad be with LaMelo, I think is the best thing that's happened to him. Because I think Agreed. now he can just play basketball. It's not about the shoes. It's not about $400 sandals. It's not about the Triple B brands. It's not about none of that stuff. But me as a basketball player, being the best player I can be, I don't have to worry about being LeBron's sidekick. I don't worry about none of that stuff. All I get to do is go out here and be Lonzo. And Lonzo has that ability. Now, you've seen flashes of it when he was with the Lakers. Um, but he has the ability to lead a basketball team. I mean, there's no question. I, I You know, his shot, I mean, his shot has looked really good in the preseason. Uh, and I think that he's got the opportunity to be a leader on the, on this team. But they've got, you also have Brandon Ingram. Um you have, like you said, the favors and an Okafor, um, Josh Hart. I mean, you brought a lot of these guys in that are veteran guys. And then, of course, you have Zion Williamson, who, and I know it's the preseason, Josh, but he's looked phenomenal <laughs> in the preseason. Um, he looks like he's in shape. He's explosive. Um, you know, I think that they, I think they'll, 
have success. I don't know if they're a playoff team yet, um, but man, they've got a lot of good pieces. They're almost like the Kings of their division. Like they've got young talent. They've got a mixture of some veterans. Uh, and, and I think that they're going to be able to do some things and shock some people, um, this season. They're, they're really young, athletic. Um, and I really like where this Pelican team is going. Okay. So first off, when we get to talk vintage NBA, um, I'm just going to throw it out there. My, my top three favorite players of all time, but first of all, one being the goat, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then after that, my people are going to listen to this and be like, man, this is kind of crazy. Like why, you know, my, where my thought process, these aren't who I think are the top three players of mm-hmm. all time. These are my favorite players. Number right. two, Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest floor generals and two way point guards I've ever seen play in the NBA. Number three is Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is the greatest offensive talent the NBA has ever seen. Agree. So, when I look at Lonzo Ball, I see a lot of Jason Kidd. Okay. A lot. A, a tons of it. They're, Jason Kidd was a little thicker. Uh, they're about the same size, height-wise. Um, Lonzo's maybe a little bit of – actually a little bit of a better defender maybe. Uh, he's probably early on in his career, maybe a little bit more gifted offensively, mm-hmm. but what they both do is how well they see the floor at their size and how they can play both sides of the ball. And all I can ever look at when I watch him play is Jason Kidd. And that's the type of potential I think Lonzo has. And I know a lot of people look at Jason Kidd and they're like, Oh, he didn't score a lot. No, but Jason Kidd every night was 10 points. 14 rebounds and 12 assists. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put up triple-double after triple-double after triple-double. And you look at the guys that he was playing with, it was Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter and Kenyon Martin and Kerry Kittles. And uh, you look at this Pelicans roster, and, you know, I see a lot of how those Nets were back in the day when they were super young. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. That's a good comparison. I you do look like at that. Very good Brandon Ingram. Jackson Hayes, yeah, uh, Derek Favors, who I think is very athletic, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Hart, who is very underrated in my eyes. No, but the then kid. you bring in the number one draft pick, and all of a sudden you got athleticism all over this floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're as talented as the Kings are right now. Yeah, but I definitely think that they have probably the most talented young roster that's raw. And one of the greatest things that they did, and I've already seen it so far, and I know you saw him joking around, but bringing J.J. Redick in mm-hmm. as like that veteran leadership to uh, kind of groom Zion and and uh, kind of help some of these young guys out. I actually think he'll be good for uh, Lonzo because we all know that J.J. Redick is a legit bucket. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he gets buckets. He mm-hmm. got him at Duke. He got him when he I was at the Clippers. I think he's the he... best shooter off a pin down the NBA scene. He's still doing it, and he's getting up there in age. What's he, 35, 34? Yeah. Yeah. So um, definitely like – and then the the Alexander Walker um, pick as well. Yep. Uh, That's their two-way guy. Yes, I like that a lot. Um, Now, they did lose 
Davis, and Randall. Um, Mirosic. Well, they traded him in the middle. They of the traded season. him. I yeah. honestly feel like after those two guys, like all the rest of the stuff they lost can be replaced. Now it's going to be hard to replace Anthony Davis. I, I mean, I'm just obviously right. we're talking about healthy, arguably the best overall player in basketball mm-hmm. next to LeBron. When you see him out there getting buckets and playing defense, agree. But um, I really think that this team is going to be fun to watch, and I really think that you're going to see Zion grow this year. Uh, you still got to develop a, a consistent jump shot outside the, you know, what I would consider the college three. Uh, he did hit a three in a game the other day, mm-hmm. but uh, he's so fast and so strong and so explosive. I mean, the game the other night, he caught a, a bounce pass off the baseline and did a vertical 360. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. You know, he had an and one where he got fouled and made the other guy fall, and you got Josh Hart over here filling on his bicep because oh, yeah. he. I mean, he's he looks like <laughs> he looks and is built like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and uh, I'm really glad that he got himself back in shape because uh, he was looking a little bit like he was going to IHOP too much on Sundays. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, I definitely feel like we we are seeing him catch his his peak. And, and he's going to go right into the regular season, not the preseason, but the regular season, mm-hmm. and get himself where he was when he left college. So right. here's here's the scary thing about Zion Williamson. He's like five years away from his prime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's 19 years old. Yeah, he's 19. Um, And I think, you know, I don't know if you guys, forgive me, I don't know if you guys talked a whole lot about Drew Holiday and what he's going to be, because I think this my bold prediction for this team is I think Drew Holiday makes the All-Star team this year in the sense of, the Pelicans are going to get a lot of attention mm-hmm. because of the young guys. And Drew Holiday right now is their best player. Well, we talked about uh, last week with uh, the Pacers having all the holidays, but we said they didn't have the best holiday. Right. And that he was yeah, you know, residing in Pelicans. New Orleans. Yeah. And and if anybody's never got a chance to read his story, it's amazing. I mean, what a, what a phenomenal, yeah. what a phenomenal guy. And, yeah. and uh, you know, the, all the, the health scares he had with his wife, who um, I believe she plays on the U.S. soccer team. That- uh, she, did. she did. She did. Yeah. Yeah, she did, um, but she's not on there now. But Definitely. He took time off to make sure that he was taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And, and that just goes to show you, man, what type of guy he is and yeah, what kind character. of a leader he is. And he can flat out ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a great two-way player. Yeah, absolutely. He might be the best two-way two in the NBA besides yeah. Clay Thompson. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So... Um, who's our next team there, Tim? All right, gentlemen. So we go from the excitement of the New Orleans Pelicans to a team I'm excited about that is not going to win a lot of games. I'm going to talk to Memphis Grizzlies here. Okay. So here's why I'm excited about the Grizzlies. Two, only two reasons. Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. My dream scenario is that the Grizzlies are really bad this year, which they will be. They will be. They get the number one pick. And they bring in Memphis center James Wiseman, who played high school in Memphis, will play his college ball in Memphis, and his NBA career at Memphis. Which would be ideal. So, gentlemen, when you look at this team, it's a lot of young players. There's the Grayson Allens, the Kyle Andersons, the Dylan Brooks, you know, and then there's Josh Jackson's going to get a second chance there, which, you know, I don't know how that's going to go. But the one name that stands out the most in this team is Andre Iguodala. And the game plan seems to be that he'll probably play a little bit for this team and then he'll be bought out. Yeah. So when you guys look at this look at this Memphis Grizzlies team, obviously there are it's not a team that's going to win a lot of games. But are you excited about the youth movement that they're going? Um, I like the I I definitely like the youth movement. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, he's the third youngest player ever to have a thirty point game. Yeah, I I think that he his talent is undeniable. Um, 
I, I think that's he's the guy that you kind of have to build around him and Morant. Um, I, those two together, I think, have to build some kind of um, core for what they're going to try to accomplish. Um, the rest of those guys, I mean, they're young. Grayson Allen, I think, um, is a is he <laughs> going to be a talent? I, I really do like Grayson Allen. I mean, I know he's as a spot shooter. I love him. Yeah. I mean, I know he's crazy. He trips people and all that other stuff. But as a spot shooter uh, in the NBA, I think he'll do a great job, uh, especially um, having those other guys around him. Um, I like Kyle Anderson. I mean, Slowpoke. Yeah, I mean, I, I like those guys. Their young, their young core is all right. And you know, if you buy out a guy like Iguodala, and then you, you know, you're going to be right there where you can get uh, some good talent coming in. Um, in a couple of years, this team is going to be sitting pretty good. Um, like you said, Josh Jackson's going to get another another shot there. Um, I, I, I like this team. They won't win many games this year, um, but I do think like I, I do like what they're doing. I do like that they're going young. It was time. It was. You know. You know. We talk about grit and grind. I mean that that, that era. Will always be remembered and have a special place in Memphis Grizzly fans. Oh man! I mean, remember the Gasols, yeah, and the, the Gasols, Rudolphs. And, and yeah, and Zebo. I mean, Zebo. that era, right there. Tony Allen, yeah, Tony Allen. I mean, Vince? that era, yeah, Vince. They were they were that was a good, yeah, hard nosed blue collar, yeah. grinded out team. Yeah, I mean, and they gave Memphis a lot of great years. Yes, um, but I think with them going young uh, and making that transition, they done it the right. They did it the right way too. Like. They didn't just, um, I mean, they didn't just give up on, you know, like the Gasol got traded, but it was a late trade. Like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, well, we're just, you know, giving up. Like, they tried to hold on to that air as long I mean, as they, they got could. Some, and they got some stuff and in they, return, too. Right, and they got good things they in return. The they went to the Western Conference Finals. They went to the Western Conference Finals. So, I, I like what they're doing. I like the way their um, their front office is moving. Um, and I think that they're actually, you know, they're definitely moving in the right direction. I, I like, I like Memphis. Well said. Um, I think Memphis is going to be playing probably out of the bottom of the cellar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, they potentially are going to look at having probably one of the top three worst records in basketball. Um, but with that being said. Uh, they have tons of upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't know what their plan is with Iggy, but they have a veteran leader champion on their roster who knows what it takes to um, win basketball games. And I'm sure he's brought in to groom the guys like Morant and Jackson and uh, some of these other players that they have and, uh, you know, I, I noticed that Memphis is rocking your boy Jonas, who uh, you just missed out on your fantasy draft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he in the trade for uh He was Gasol? in the Marcus Hall trade, He's yes. The, um, which is, so, a, I think, is a great pickup. Yeah, because he actually went to the finals and sat, like, in the Raptors box. Yeah. Which is pretty cool the Raptors were that like. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he deserves, I mean, he deserves, I mean, he deserves credit because he was a part of the team. That started to change things in Toronto. So I mean, it's cool. That was cool to see. Yeah, and I definitely think that you you touched on everything when it comes to uh, Memphis. Uh, you know, they got Solomon Hill, and they got you know they got some veterans on their team. They got Plumlee, and uh, 
they got Jay Crowder and, you know, they brought over Tyus Jones from uh, Minnesota. And I'm wondering if they did that to ease Moran in or maybe maybe they're going to run with Morant straight from the jump and be like, hey, you're our guy for the next. I think he is. Yeah, I think For the next how many a, ever years. And, he's that uh, dude. And let me tell you, you want to talk about a guy to put on a show in the NCAA tournament. Dude, yes. Um, he's yeah. not He's not very big. He's what, 6'2"? Maybe. 6'1", uh, yeah. I'm like, maybe. Uh, he's he's not a big guy. With shoes on. Yeah, he's not a big guy, but Wish. boy, can, can he play ball. So, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because I think the thing that always stood out to me, because as you know, I cover college ball as well, um, is when you watch John Morant, this thing that jumped out the most was just his, his instant feel for the game. Like, his basketball IQ was on display full-fledged at uh, Murray State, and, you know... I know he was playing in the Ohio Valley Conference, but that's a very good mid-major conference mm-hmm. that you can play basketball in. Belmont's always good. Absolutely. Um, so that always jumped out. And the athleticism, like, I know a lot of people say he's a younger, smaller Russell Westbrook. He actually, like, the way he attacks the rim, the way he moves the ball, he reminds me a lot of rookie Derrick Rose mm-hmm. is what I see. That's a, that's a big I'm – telling, I'm telling you, man, that's a big statement because you and I both being Bulls fans right. here – uh, I don't think people realize what a prime, healthy Derrick Rose looked like and who I think was arguably maybe the most athletic guard at the point that I had ever witnessed mm-hmm. play in the NBA. It was unreal to watch that guy play when he was healthy. Yeah, I agree. All right, boys. Up next in the Southwest Division, the Houston Rockets. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard about this team in the last couple weeks, <laughs> but they got this guy named Russell Westbrook, who used to be an MVP. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He also used to play with James Harden. Um, so, obviously, the big question on this team everyone has is, will it work? And I'm in the belief it will, but this isn't my show, so I'll let you guys talk. Um, I'll let you take this one first, I, Mr. Brown. I, I think it will. Um, I think it will because... Um, Harden and Westbrook only have so many, only have so many years left to try to put a championship together. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're looking at what Harden has done in the last five to seven years. I mean, he has been MVP. He's been a scoring champion. He's done all the other individual things that he's needed done. Same as Westbrook. He's got all these triple-doubles. He's been an MVP. But the one thing that eludes them is a championship. So this is their opportunity to have to have a team around them. With still, you have Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, and Eric Gordon. I mean, you have talent around you. And you have, and you, and you have James Harden, who arguably has been top two in MVP voting in the last four or five years. So... The window is closing. The window is getting shorter and tighter. You move Chris Paul out. You get younger. You get more athletic with Westbrook. And I I feel like this is their time now. You're you're in. Of course, you're in the Western Conference. You still got to see the Clippers. You still got to see the Lakers. Um, the Jazz. The Jazz. I mean, there's a lot of teams you got to climb over. But I do think it'll work. I don't know if it'll lead to a championship uh, because I think their best window was two years ago when Chris Paul got hurt in that game six. Agreed. Um, but 
if you're going to do it, it's got to be this year. Um, because I'm not sure how many runs they got left in them. So, um, I like this Rockets team. I really do. Um, and I think that they uh, do have the opportunity to make a, a deep run. I just don't know if they're better than the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Jazz. Okay. All right. Um, you know, being a guy just like all of us who watch, you know, the NBA, you have <laughs> yes, the, I mean, you have <laughs> games that are on or teams that are on all the time. So you got Lakers, Rockets, Warriors. You know, ever they they want to put the games on where you got all the superstars playing. Mm-hmm. So you get to see a lot of the Houston Rockets play. One thing I will say about Houston, what James Harden did last year when he went on that 32-game, 30-point streak was unreal. I was like, can anybody stop this guy from scoring? He literally can go to the basket, do what he wants when he wants. Mm -hmm. He gets to the free throw line like it's no other. And some people are like, oh, he's a flopper, and he's a this, and he's a that. I think the guy has learned how to just score. I think he's learned how to score in the NBA. And where a lot of guys seem like it's hard for – like scoring for him is easy. Now, playing defense is not. <laughs> but he's getting better. He's getting there. He's but then you there. bring a guy on who does all the little things, the hustle plays, the – you know, he wants to get rebounds. He wants to – he want you know, almost to the point where, you know, I feel like Westbrook wants his stat line to look good. Mm-hmm. So he wants the assist. He wants the points. He wants the rebounds. And who better to throw the ball to than a guy that you know is going to knock a shot down than James Harden? Absolutely. Now, again, I don't necessarily know if his uh, uh, sidestep three-pointer one leg is going to work. <laughs> but uh, What do you mean, Josh? <laughs> but if all you really did was trade it out a, a, an old aging Chris Paul who was always hurt, and you brought in a guy like Russell Westbrook. I don't, I don't, I don't think Houston skips a beat, man. I think they're right where they were. I think that they're fighting in the top three or four of the West. And uh, I think on any given night, man, if you can't stop one of those two guys from scoring, and they're running that pick and roll with um, Capella, it, it's a, it's a, it's rough trying to stop the Houston Rockets. And I agree. they got some good pieces around, like Eric Gordon gets buckets. And, PJ Tucker. P.J. Tucker can get buckets from the corner, and he plays really solid defense. And they still got some old guys like Nene. And did I see that they uh, tried out Anthony Bennett? They did. (laughs) I see that didn't work out, former number one pick. But um, shame they still have have all their picks there, man. You know, they got guys like – I think they got Ben McLemore or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who who used to be a solid guy. He played well with the Kings sometimes and – Ryan Anderson can light the gym up sometimes when he's left open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gerald Green, and I think they might have even – they got Tyson Chandler, correct? They did they get do. Tyson Chandler. So, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's a little bit, you know, I, I kind of put him in that Dwight Howard range. Like, mm-hmm. if you get – depending on what Tyson Chandler you get, um, I don't see how this team isn't a 50 to 55, you know, win team that's fighting up for that top-tier spot of the playoffs. Now – I think it might take some time for him and Russ to to work things out to see like who's when. But like I, I tell you what, I don't know if you guys remember when um, when all three of those guys with K, with KD played with Oklahoma City 
and he used to bring Harden off the bench. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Harden was like the guy on the on the on the second team, and he used to just go get buckets. Oh yeah, he's the microwave. Uh, I definitely think that they can kind of do that same thing with with even the first team though, and having one on the floor and give him a break, give the other one the break, and then flip flop them, and then you have them both on the floor at the same time. And I think you're going to see something very similar of how you watch them do Durant and Curry in in uh, Golden State. So. It's so funny you bring that up because I always reference uh, Chris Bosch was on the Bill Simmons podcast last year and they talked about that finals and they said Eric Spolster's game plan that whole finals was Westbrook and Drake can go do whatever they want. We're going to stop Harden. Mm-hmm. That was strictly their game plan. The whole series was they did too, because he had yeah. a horrible series. Yeah. That was strictly like we focused on him because we knew what Durant was going to do. We knew what Westbrook was going to do. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. And uh, the other thing that really jumped out is, we finally have a coach who figured out how to get Russell Westbrook to play not only off the ball, but cut. Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing I've just dreamed of Russell Westbrook to do is just be the guy that's off the ball that cuts to the rim. Yeah. Because that's like, he is the perfect guy for that. And now he's going to be able to do that in Houston. And oh Lord, that's going to be scary. Absolutely. I never thought watching that guy come out of college from UCLA that he no. was going to be the Remember, he didn't that even he play is. his freshman year. The terror that he is in the NBA right now is insane. Yeah, because if you remember, like his freshman year, they flat out did not play him. Yeah. Man, the West is going to be so crazy. <laughs> it wasn't until Kevin Love got there that they were like, we're going to pair those two together. Kevin Love. So do you guys want to do Dallas or San Antonio? Ooh, Dallas. Let's, let's do Dallas. All right. So, guys, Dallas. We've been waiting. We've been waiting to talk about the unicorn. So, Chris Porzingis is back on the court. Looks great for a guy who had an ACL injury and has yes. been out for a year. Um. I, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., who a lot of people make fun of for his contract, but I think it's a bucket. I think he's a solid player. I do, too. Um, you know, Porzingis, Dwight Powell is a very under-the-radar center who is really getting better and better and is probably going to be the, maybe the starting center for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Curry comes back. You know, Jalen Brunson, obviously, I'm going to pull for Big East kids all the time. Absolutely. He's a Villanova kid. Um, J.J. Barea, I know, who's Ben's favorite player. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, J.J. Beret has got a ring, baby. And, of course, they bring in Justin Jackson from the University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, as you know, since this team made the move up for Luka Doncic, they did not have a first-round pick this year. But when you look at this Dallas Mavericks team, where are you at, especially with the Super 2 of Luka and, and Porzingis? Man, I, 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 of course, I love Luka. Yes. And I love I love the unicorn. Yes. I love Kristoff. Um, I'm in the West though. I'm just not sure if it's going to be enough, man. I'm just not sure if it's going to be enough with just those two. Like I said, Tim Hardaway Jr. Or like you said, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a bucket. Uh, he can he can score. Um, Seth Curry, you know, if he gets hot, he he can be there. Um, I just don't know if they've got enough firepower though to deal with the top five to six teams in the West. So then they're down there scrapping with, you know, other teams from the West. I just don't know if they've got enough. I do think that Luke is going to have a phenomenal second year. Um, I think he's going to be just unreal. Um, he was just scratching the surface last year, I think. You know, once he got comfortable and you start seeing those late games, you know, game 60, game 65, somewhere like you started seeing like, man, he is, he looked like Harden. I mean, he, what we call him the uh, <laughs> Euro Harden. Euro Harden. You know what I mean? He's hitting step backs and doing all the other stuff. I mean, he he is going to be unreal. Um, 
And I think that I think Porzingis um, coming off the ACL, I think he's going to be. Um, I think he's going to pick up where he left off. He's picked up some muscle mass. He looks he looks healthy. He looks strong. Um, you know that shot has not left him. His moves have not left him. Um, I think he taking that year for the ACL and getting truly healthy. Um, I think I think he'll have an outstanding bounce back season. He might be comeback player of the year, um, but. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think they have enough um, to be able to. I don't know if they're a playoff team in the West, though. Uh, it'll it'll be that's a, that's a tough go. It's fair. That's a fair assessment. You know, so, especially in that division, right? So, first off, for me, um, Dallas is out here looking like the United Nations of the NBA. Um, Boban, Porzingis, yes, Luca. Luca. Uh, they got. Uh, uh, what's his, the Baba from Japan on their team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're you know they're out here collecting talent all over the world, uh, and then apparently you know Ben's got a JJ Barrera over here, yeah. you know all five foot six of him nah, just man. out here trying to get buckets. <laughs> Keep that but on the shelf. I, I definitely think that outside of uh, Chris Japs and and Luca, I definitely don't think that. Uh, they have enough depth uh, to compete on a nightly basis. Right. Um, I mean, that's definitely a great one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both of them will be all-stars. I think uh-huh. I think Porzingis, you know, taking the extra time off to be completely healthy. Yeah. And, I mean, if you guys not seen the amount of muscle this dude's put on. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's out here looking swole. Yeah, no Dude, doubt. He's about Ivan Drago. It. Yeah, he's huge. No doubt about I, it. I uh, I think that those two are going to show out. I don't know really how much Bobin's going to play. Uh, you know, Justin Jackson. Uh, if you guys ever watched him play at North Carolina, uh, he he can shoot the ball well. Uh, he's he's good size, uh, but you know, young. And a lot of the rest of their team is fairly young. Like Hardaway Jr. Like you said, he's he's efficient. He's 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 decent. Um, but I think after those two guys, like there's a huge fall off. Now they do have, they did, uh, I believe pick up Seth Curry, mm-hmm. who is every bit, uh, could be a great shooter. I mean, he did some good things in Portland last mm-hmm. year. He mm-hmm. did some good things in the playoffs last year. Maybe he can, the three point shootout. Last maybe year. he can Absolutely. slide into the, uh, starting role or maybe be six man off the bench and give him some really good minutes and some really good scoring to help out. But yeah, you're right. They actually uh, they might be struggling uh, to to even remotely get close to 500 this oh, year. Yeah. I think they were a little over 500 this year at 42 and 40 maybe. Um, but obviously, you know, you had to be 50 ga- 50 wins to get into the playoffs in the West last oh, yeah. year. So no uh, they they were off the mark. But uh, I think that that they are going to um, have a difficult season until they can build around those two guys. But what a great foundation to start with. And both of those guys are still in their, in their early twenties. Yeah. Uh, they got so ways to go. They have yeah. a long time in the NBA to be great together. Absolutely. And as we say, you know, it's obviously never good for Porzingis to have the injury he did, but it's better to have it this early in his career. Mm-hmm. Will this be the first time in the NBA we've seen like an actual international twosome, like two duo with, these two on a team? I think so, because I tried to think of who Akeem could have played say, with, and yeah. I didn't think of anyone, because Ralph Sampson was obviously mm-hmm. from Virginia. Um, yeah, I think, man, like, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Think. And they Dirk. wanted to play with each other too. So yeah, they were boys. Yeah, I'm trying. To I'm think. trying to think of like Dirk had to have some. Dirk had JJ Barrera, man. True. Yeah. JJ Barrera is a great bucket, Ben. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So lastly, we have the San Antonio Spurs, aka the foundation of NBA basketball. Yes, it is. So. Still there, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, who looks like he's about to sign an extension, mm-hmm. Rudy Gay, who's been healthy. Yes, he has. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> Patty Mills, Deontay Murray is back to go with a Derek White, and Lon- Lonnie Walker is expected to be healthy this whole season, obviously. In the draft, they acquired Lucas Simonic and Keldon Johnson, who they got really late in the draft. That was yeah. like great value. Yes, it was. So, guys, I like this Spurs team a lot. Um, I think that, you know, obviously having Pop, and that front office is always going to be a good thing for your team. But I really think this is the end of the Spurs run. I think this is the year they don't make the playoffs. Really? Really? There's few things in life. You can tell me right now eight teams are better than the Spurs, and I'm going to go, yeah. Yeah. There's few things in life, though, that I'm, I hate to bet against. Yeah. Um, and – Popovich is one of them. You know LeBron, I mean? LeBron, Popovich, Le- LeBron, Popovich, Justin Verlander, Verlander, and S- Steph Curry. Those are the f- <laughs> pretty much the four. I don't, I don't. Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady. I, I, yeah. I put Tom Brady on there. Um, but like, I, I, Popovich teams are just so well coached, man. I, I just have a hard time not seeing them in the play. But then again, like you said. I think that there are eight rosters that are better. I really do. I I really think there are better teams in the West um, than the Spurs. Um, But, you know, you look at the West, man, it's just so stacked. Like, I I just don't see the Spurs, like, I don't know. I mean, it's we, it's very tough because, like, like I said, I don't like I don't like going against Popovich. I just have a hard um, time with Demar Derozan being your best player, right? You know, and not and not believing in the three point shot. You know what I mean? Like that's where the game is. You got to have guys that can stretch the floor. I mean, we right. talked about there might be four teams in the Pacific Division that might make the playoffs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and we still have one more division to cover for you guys. Right. right. So I mean, it's it's. I mean. It, I have to agree with you, Tim. I I think that I hate going against Popovich because I think he is just he's the to me for my money he's done more with less than any other coach in NBA history. Now, granted, he did have Tim Duncan, but like you know, to me, Manu Ginobili was a the sport. second best player of his generation <clears throat> yeah. behind Shaq. I, I agree. I do agree with that. You know, I love Tim Duncan, dude. Um, same, but. You know, I I think that, I think that without, you know, without a true star, I, I mean, I like DeRozan, but he's not a, you know, what I mean, yeah, he's a bucket, he's a mid-range he's a bucket, bucket, but like, I just don't think that that's going to be able to hold up in the West. I really don't. Um, I just don't think they have enough firepower to hold up. Now, again, it wouldn't surprise me if they made it. Because it's, no, it's a Popovich team. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they made it at all. I mean, last um, year they were the seven and took the Nuggets to seven or, games. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, are there eight teams better than them roster-wise? Absolutely in the West. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think that a Popovich coach team always has a shot to make the playoffs. So, 
that's my take. There you go. Hey, man. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think you you're know, wrong I mean, at all. I, I think, you know, it's just it's just a crazy. That division is just so stacked. But Popovich is so good. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they made it, but it wouldn't shock me if they didn't either. Who would you bet on more to make the playoffs? The Pelicans or the Spurs? Spurs. I would too. Yeah, Spurs. Um, Pelicans got it. I think they just got a couple years to grow. Um, their roster is really young. Um, yeah, I think they're a year away, where I think the Grizzlies are a year away from being a year away. Correct. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, um, it wouldn't shock me if the Spurs made it, but it also, I, I do think that that run, that window is is closing. Aldridge is a year older. DeRozan, I, I don't think he can carry a team like, like you know, another superstar. Yeah, I love Derek White. I do love Derek. I'm I like, glad Deontay Murray's I like back. Deontay Murray, too. I think Deontay Murray is the start of of that new age Spurs. Yeah. Um, where they're going to, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to move some guys, bring in some younger talent, um, and build behind those guys and kind of have a new age Spurs thing going there. That wouldn't shock me at all. Um, I, I, I think that that's something that, now I don't know how long Popovich is going to be there. I mean, but I, I could see them building behind Murray and some of those young talents and moving some of those other guys out. Now they're going to give. They're looking to give in DeRozan extension, which I, I don't. Know. I would. I mean, I would too. I mean, he's in year ten. Um, yeah, and this free agency is awful. This free agency is terrible. You're not going to get a whole lot, so you might as well lock him up, have him there, and move and, and go about what you're going to do. So, um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I wouldn't shock me if they did make it or if they didn't. All right. So, let's look at their. Key losses and key additions. Okay. They lost Davis Burtons. Okay. They lost Dante Cunningham. Okay. They lost Quincy Point Dexter. They added Damari Carroll. Mm-hmm. Who Trey I like. Lyles. Mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson. And Luca Samick. If you really look at the losses versus the gains. Mm-hmm. Um, they got better. They got a little better. Yeah. Right? But so did a lot of other teams in the West. Right. Right. Including the Lakers who didn't make the playoffs. And arguably the Kings who, you know, were right there. I mean, easily could have made the playoffs. I mean, if two two or three games would have went the other way. Mm-hmm. But you're talking maybe behind – what a lot of us would say, Phil Jackson. And I still, even with Phil being my coach for all that time, I, I might venture out to say that Pop is a better coach. I do, actually. No, I, think so. I mean, Phil had like the greatest talent ever. To right. Literally. Championships with. That's why I said Popovich did more with like less. Um, as far Popovich as made Kawhi Kawhi. Yeah, he made Kawhi Kawhi. He made, and truth be told, I mean, Duncan was a great player, but Duncan was great because. Popovich was able to put that system around him. You know what I mean? So he knew that Duncan was a great player, but he was able to put people and pieces around him in order to make that team, the Manu Ginobili's, the Tony Parker's, guys that can make plays but also be able to know that, be able to be role players to Tim Duncan, who was arguably you know, the greatest power forward to ever play the game. So Let me tell you an unsung hero on that team. If you guys watched the FIBA championships, mm-hmm. Patty Mills. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
Everybody is, loves Patty. He's very, but he's very underrated as an NBA player. I think mm-hmm. you don't hear a lot about him. And really, if you look at, you know, when they want to go on the floor with DeRozan and Aldridge and De- Deontay Murray and maybe Patty Mills and Rudy Gay, I mean, they can compete mm-hmm. with a lot of people and a lot of teams in the NBA. Right. I am telling you, that team with that coach, I am not counting out by no means. Mm-hmm. And when we when we talk later on, um, I'm going to make a strong case for them making the playoffs okay. because of how well they are coached. Okay, I'm with you. Like I said, I did, I I w- it would not shock me if they made it, um, and it wouldn't shock me if they didn't with the talent in the West. So it'd be like the end of an era if they. It didn't. would be absolutely. The Spurs have been so dominant for so long. Um, it's it's uh, it would be crazy for them not to. They're be the for real, like the New England Patriots of yeah. the NBA. I mean they they've been Minus so, the LeBron teams. Yeah, they've been so they've been so dominant for so long, and you're so used to them being in the playoffs. I don't know what it would be like with them not being in the playoffs. So, producer Tim. Let's rank the division. Let's see how we think it's going to go. So, Benny. Yes, sir. One through five. How does the Southwest division pan out? Oh, man. You got to go Rockets first, right? Agreed. Got to go Spurs. I would go Mavericks. I would go Pelicans. I would go Grizzlies. Okay. Anything different, Josh? Yes. I'm going to go Rockets, Spurs, Pelicans. I'm with you. Mavericks, Grizzlies. Okay. We think the Pelicans will be... Okay. I think Pelicans... The Pelicans are going to be must-watch TV. Every night they're they're on TV. They're definitely a league pass team. That's without question. They are a league pass team, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, gentlemen, so that wraps up this week's edition of Shot Callers, which means next week we have one last division to do. Yes. And that will be, what is that division? The, the, Buc- the Northwest. The Northwest. The Northwest. Thank Northwest you, division. Josh. I lost train of thought for a second. <laughs> That's a division, too. It has some teams to talk about. Yes, it does. So we are literally about in, uh, 11 days away now, I think. Man, I think so. Yeah, so it's almost here. We'll be back this week with 48 minutes later in the week. Um, so everyone, thank you all for tuning in to Shot Callers with Ben and Josh. Josh has been a great transition, a great, great addition to our team. So everyone have a good one, and we will talk soon. Five-star reviews. Five-star. Send them five out. Star, Let's five go. Star. Let's five go. Star, Get on it now. Five go star, do it right star. now. Five if star. you are at your computer or on your phone listening to us, click that little button that says review and give us the five-star. We want your reviews. We're on Twitter, man. Hit us up on Twitter. We always love good conversations. Hit us up, man. We're excited. We want to talk NBA basketball. So hit us up. Yes, sir. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Good night.